1: Hello podcast listeners, and welcome to a very special 100th episode of Advance Your Art. And today, I am with my very special guest and friend, Rachel Kosser, who you have listened to before sometime... April? When was that? When did I interview you last? May? No. I think it
0: was earlier than that. March? It was like February.
1: February. It was cold.
0: Yeah, it was like February.
1: It was cold. Yeah. So she has graciously... graciously... Agreed, we're actually not going to stop the recording. Uh, has agreed to do a, my very first live and in person interview. So I've never done actually one of these. So, and we are sitting on the balcony of her beautiful apartment overlooking Boston drinking wine. So, cheers! Cheers. <laughs> Thank you. So, today we're going to do a, like a quick reflection on the last 100 episodes and it's mostly going to be me asking Rachel a bunch of questions because that's what this whole podcast was about. So it's been two years a little over two years since I first started this. This project that was an offshoot of my job at Emerson College and actually I had started a year ahead a year before that. So this has actually been in the work for three years. I was just too terrified to release any episodes until a year later. So what was the W20... 2015, I started working on this and interviewed a few of my friends. And if you listen to like episode one or episode two, I'm absolutely terrified. I think my voice is shaking through part of those. And so a lot has changed since then. I mean, look
0: at then. you now. You're doing one live. I know. Live, in person. <laughs> fantastic.
1: The live and in person would be exactly the same thing. Not
2: necessarily. That's true. Facebook
1: Live. Yes, yeah, true. Facebook Live doesn't always happen yeah. in person. You're right. All right, excellent. Okay, so let's jump in where we left off. So the last, where we last left chatting with Rachel, she had started a business. So, Rachel, it's now been, let's say, six months, give or take, from the last time we talked to you. Yep. Six months, seven months, why not?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: so how has the last six months been treating you in small business world?
0: So it's been amazing. It's really been Incredible. Uh, I think the last time we spoke, I was working full-time at Harvard and also trying to run this business. Yes. Uh, since, since then, I have left Harvard. I've moved to a different job um, with New England Conservatory, but I negotiated a very flexible schedule and a reduced hour schedule per week, so I still have something relatively stable mm-hmm. that I can count on that keeps me in the workforce and gives me a playground, if you will, of of trying out some of these theories that I'm employing in my business. Yeah. But then... Pause for one second. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, because this is going to lead into a few of our questions, we also have questions from listeners here. So, but this is one that comes up a lot with people. So, a lot of entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. artists, doesn't matter who, decide that they need to quit their job Mm -hmm. before they start... Something on the side. Yeah. So you're someone who is working full time ish? Pretty close to full time?
0: I mean, it's considered full time, but it's four days a week and yeah.
1: Okay, but you like 40 hours. Right, uh, okay.
0: 32.
1: Alright, so 32. Makes hours. a difference.
0: That's true. Because <laughs> you okay. have a lot more time. It
1: does. Okay, there's an extra eight hours in there. Okay, but oh, yeah. close though. So close to full time work and doing a on the side.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: do you now, in the last six months, think that is helping or hindering? your business
0: so you know it really depends this is one of my favorite questions uh so we're starting off strong i for me personally i know myself and i know what i'm like when i don't have something to ground me and the only thing i have to occupy my time are the things that i want to happen faster okay so there's a sales cycle with this business that is slower than i would like um that being said there are certain things that i can't control that are just going to be that way you know and so you know I think for me it's helpful to have this employment that is stable both in terms of income both in terms of being part of a broader social network um, having a structure to my day that I don't have to create Mm -hmm. relentlessly every single day uh, which is what you would have to do or what I would have to do if I didn't have this job Um, and then of course I have benefits and I have income right so Um, so for me, it's worth it. Are there opportunities that come up for Choreography for Business that I have to say no to because of NEC? Every now and then, yes. However, I've been very open with my employer um, at NEC that I have this business on the side, and so that you know the, the knowledge that every now and then I may have to take a day at NEC or move that free eight hours around in the week is understood. Oh, that's
1: great. So they're very flexible on your time and schedule.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was very clear. It was interesting. It was an interesting uh, negotiation experience because, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm a great negotiator. Like that's not one of my skill sets that I would identify with. That being said, in, you know, when I was interviewing for this job and, and we were talking about me potentially taking the offer. I was ready to walk away if the only offer on the table was, this is a 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and that is that is it, right? right?
1: Um, but you got what you wanted, though.
0: Well, I, I got what I wanted because I was clear about what I wanted, and I was also lucky that it aligned with the uh, mindset and philosophy of having a flexible work arrangement at in this particular workplace, right? right? Which is not always the case. Right. Right.
1: So in that sense, you were actually a fantastic negotiator, because you were able to, exactly, you got what you wanted, and you gave them what they wanted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you ever read the book, Never Split the Difference, by Chris Voss? No, I have not. So, uh, definitely worth looking into, mm. he's a fascinating guy, I've listened to a lot of interviews of him. He is a former FBI hostage negotiator, and he's actually taught some classes at HBS about negotiations. And uh, he has a very specific way that he does it, but basically that's kind of what he sees like negotiations at. It's trying to find out what the other person wants and then doing what you can to give it to them within reason so you also get what you want to.
0: Yeah, um, I so I was listening to uh, Tim Ferriss did an interview with Cindy Whitehead, Cindy Eckert Whitehead. She's big mm-hmm. in the pharma industry. And she had this awesome quote where she was like, you know, in terms of winning a negotiation or coming out on top in a negotiation, whoever cares less comes out on top, right? And I think that that might, that sounds harsh and I don't want it to sound like I didn't care at all about, you know, where I'm at now, but um, I did go into this conversation knowing what I needed from this next step. And was able to stick to that. And again, I, yeah. I do think I was very fortunate that it aligned with, you know, someone who was just had a more flexible philosophy, right? Like as long as you're getting the work done, mm-hmm. you know, whether half of the day is spent at home or whether you come in early and leave early, whether you come in late and leave late, like, you know, you can define that. Yeah. No, I,
1: th- I think it makes sense because you were, so it's not so much me let's say that care less, but you were willing to walk away. So in your case, no deal was better than a bad deal, which would have been you working, let's say, you know, 40-plus hours a week and then being chained to a desk all the time. Yeah. Like, in your mind, that was a bad deal. Yeah, yeah. So you're willing to walk away from that.
0: And that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have worked for my business. It wouldn't have worked for me personally. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't have worked for the employer, ultimately. And I, and I that, that I knew. Like, I was very clear on that. Like, I, I knew that I had a time limit at Harvard working a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I knew that my next step... You know, if there was the right fit of role I was interested in taking on a quasi full time job right um, but I knew that it, it couldn't be couldn't be the traditional um, structure like I needed autonomy and I needed to know that if there was something an opportunity that came up for choreography for business like a client or you know I had to travel somewhere to you know do a workshop or speak at a conference that I could do that Right. Which is the case now, which is brilliant. You know, I'm oh. very thankful for it.
1: Yeah. Oh, great. So, um, what are some conferences that you... Actually, what has been your favorite conference to either attend or speak at in the last six months?
0: Oh, that's such an easy one for me to answer.
1: <laughs> I did. Is it the same for both?
0: Um, no. no. Okay. No. Uh, but okay. the my favorite conference speaking experience was uh, it's this awesome organization called, uh, the Scientista Foundation and they, it's, it's women in STEM. So women in science, tech, engineering, and math. Yeah. And, um, it was in New York and a a good friend of mine who's also a super badass woman. Her name's Mackenzie Lowry. And, uh, she was, she speaks at this conference annually and her, uh, the subject matter that she focuses on is confidence, right? Okay. Or uh, bridging the confidence gap. Yeah. It's called. And we were talking before this conference, um, or symposium, I guess is what it's called. And she was like, oh, I'm presenting on this. And she's like, you know, I'd love to like help you out. And I'm like, well, you know, if you're, if you're ever ever interested in, in, you know, collaborating on something like, I I think there's so much that we can do to make ourselves feel more confident if we bring our physical selves to the table. And uh, she was open-minded and generous enough to share her time with me so we did a dual act together we had an hour and a half and we split the time and she presented her work and I presented my work and it ended up being this awesome hit yeah right and it was just it was amazing because these these women were given something very unique they were given something very theoretical and research based from Mackenzie and then they were given something tactile and kinesthetic in the moment from me mm-hmm. and these it's just the, the gift of my program to myself is that I get to see people transform physically in front of my eyes, right? Like they, they start, they're slightly closed, they're apprehensive and all of that is read so clearly in their body language. And then by the end of it, they're, they're open and they're kind of almost like that moment in Beauty and the Beast when, or, you know, the beast realizes he has hands, like human hands, right? He transforms and it's kind of like that moment. It's just so magical. So that was definitely my most favorite conference. Oh, I spoke at.
1: Mm-hmm. So can you give me some examples of what you had them do? I mean, I know just sitting in your presence right now, I am super um, aware of my posture. I know, I've seen you
0: <laughs> few times.
1: Cause I'm like, damn it. I can't slouch.
0: Oh my God. You're so, yeah. Yeah. It's osmosis. Osmosis it rage. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's see. Well, Uh, what I do when I have a limited amount of time, which is usually the case, uh, when I'm doing either a breakout session or keynote at a conference, I usually have about 45 minutes
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and I will, I always start with a like very quick warm up, right? So we just, just to kind of get people accustomed to this physical component that we're going to address, right? I don't want to spend the first 20 minutes talking at them. Um, so right from the get-go, I get everyone up on their feet. We move stuff around. We start doing. It's a very basic warm-up, but it's very effective because it really allows you to drop your cognition into your body, right? Mm-hmm. So we do a warm-up, and then I I help them build a proper posture, right? And so unfortunately, there are all these misconceptions over what good posture actually means mm-hmm. for you as an individual, right? And and because we're so different, I find the more effective way of sharing or teaching proper posture to a group is to use analogies, right? So we create this kind of what I call a foundation or, um, a, uh, a neutral posture, right? So it's not, it's just you. Like this is me in this space now and we go from the ground up and you can be confident that in employing this posture that we've just, worked our way through, you're not being overly aggressive, but you're definitely not being timid or like lacking in, uh, like a forward energy. Right. If that makes sense. And so that's what we, that's what I do with them. And, and uh, the other thing that I do that I find very effective is that whoever, if I'm working with an assistant or an associate or a partner, they will take a picture at the beginning of the session when I'm talking to them before Mm -hmm. we've even started using our bodies and then we'll take a picture again after once I've created or I've gone through this postural exercise with them, and the difference is insane. Oh, wow. Yeah, it starts and people are closed, people are leaning back, people are, you know, closing in on themselves, trying to cover as much as possible, trying to protect, right? It's all this protective stuff. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, they're completely empowered physically, and it's just, it's so simple and subtle, and it's nothing crazy, but it makes a huge difference. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Is this, do you have any... Do you have any videos online that go through this process
0: I, that's kind of a project work, okay. work in process um,
1: so eventually there'll be some videos yeah, we'll there are
0: good- yeah there are a few videos that I have like one of them's on um, so Eater National did do a a, a video that features my program mm-hmm. and that can be find, found on Eater or sorry on YouTube under Eater National things like how to make it okay Rachel Kosser blah blah Okay. You can put it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, okay? yeah. I'll, I'll uh, find a link somewhere that, yeah, yeah. And we'll so put that, in the show notes. That
0: goes through a lot of my philosophy okay. of um posture and nonverbal communication. Yeah. And why it's important. Um but yeah, like videos kind mm-hmm. of actually attacking this whole program are yeah. imminent.
1: Okay. Well excellent. Alright, so that was been your favorite conference to speak yeah. at. Yes. What about your favorite conference to attend?
0: I don't really think it's related to uh, my work. I think the uh, conference that I really loved attending was the um, the Mass Women Mass Women's Conference. That's held here every year. I think it's sponsored by State Street. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because it's so inspiring to see all these like badass women doing like sick things and like being like you can do it.
1: That's awesome. They're
0: here to support you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. It's it's good to be around people who are supporting you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I would love I would love to speak at that conference too but um, that one was a great one to attend
1: yeah oh good
0: yeah
1: have you have we talked about this yet have you already joined innovation women yes okay
0: yes actually no I, I joined them recently and have already gotten a few opportunities through them it's perfect been great yeah general Assembly I moderated a panel yeah the other day that was great yeah um, applied to a couple of accelerated programs to, like, I've gotten interviews with since, which is also great and unexpected.
1: Congratulations. <laughs> uh,
0: and, um, yeah, no, they're awesome. Their newsletter's, like, brilliant.
1: Yeah. Oh, good. I've never actually read the newsletter. But I know... So I know Bobby who, Bobby, yeah. who runs great. it. And mm-hmm. when I first moved to Boston, it was... I was introduced to her, actually, through her, her son, who applied for the program I was teaching but she and I got along very very well and I was able to find some amazing women speakers in her program mm-hmm. or in her organization to come speak at Emerson. Right. So there were some amazing VC women who came and spoke with my entrepreneurship class multiple yeah. times and were very generous and I still chat with a few of them like today about what they're working on and yeah, interesting. I've been able to help um, introduce them to a few other people for deal flow, kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool. It's a like college. just.
2: That's awesome.
1: I, that's kind of how Boston has been in general. Yeah. So I've lived in a few other places and it just. If, I don't know if this just like the innovation community by itself or whatever it is, but um, mm. when comparing it to like being living in New York, so I loved New York, but like New York, Chicago, a few other places, Boston just seems, well, to a certain extent. to be very welcoming. I know that in other areas, like people in general, if you grew up in Boston, like you hang out with the same people that you went to high school with. And so people find that very kind of closed Mm -hmm.
2: off.
1: But maybe it's because I'm an outsider and I already seek other outsiders. So in that sense, I'm always meeting new people from other areas. Like just the other day, I was contacted by a Harvard professor Mm -hmm. online and I'm helping him with this project that involves a collaboration with a rap group from Atlanta and classical composers. Well, that's that? Like, yeah. That's awesome. It is. It's uh, it's under wraps sure right either. now. I'll also off yeah, 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 Off yeah, of yeah, this yeah, I will yeah, give yeah, you more yeah, details. Yeah, 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 totally. um, that's cool. But it's going to come out, like the album's going to come out in about a year and it's a really amazing project I've mm-hmm, yeah. you listen to some samples. But it's just like,
0: like where else random. That really yeah, where else is that going to happen? Yeah, I mean it's an interesting thing because the one thing I will say about Boston and Cambridge is like the high concentration of intellectuals mm-hmm. and like some of the like most creative minds in the world is indisputable, right? Like yeah. that's like Boston per capita has some sort of the highest, yeah. like of the best institutions in the world educationally. So, so that like if you're in that sphere, like yes, like that Boston is your place. You also have to be proactive about reaching out and yes. building those partnerships and honing those relationships. That doesn't happen uh, without effort, right? And I think socially, Boston can be a challenge because if you're comparing it to cities like New York, you can't show up to Boston and just have this stream of life and like this, you know, 24 hour pulse kind of take you away. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, you you have to put even more intentional effort into building something for yourself in Boston. But again, like in Boston, you can make a real difference. Yeah. Right. Whereas in New York, you might show up and it's, everything's happening and you're just kind of like a piece of it and it's awesome and you're experiencing life and you're living. Changing something or making a big change is, is, um, there's just less room for that. Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
0: In Boston, it's easy to make, to make your mark, but, or there's space to make your mark. It's not easy. It's still a challenge. You have to work really hard at it, but yeah, you can if you want to.
1: Yeah. So in you, your life and your business... Do you envision staying in Boston as your business grows, or do you envision like setting up shop somewhere else?
0: Well, I don't know about setting up shop. I I don't think that my business model uh, is tethered anywhere. Like okay. I think it could be it could be anywhere. It, it'll be wherever I am. Mm-hmm. So I could move anywhere. I think for now the network that I have in Boston is interesting, um, and so I'm going to leverage that for, for all it's worth. More and more I've been getting interesting opportunities in other cities just because people that I know in Boston have either partnerships or collaborations that they're doing elsewhere and it's maybe just a little more flexible elsewhere to pop up and do a session and leave. Um, But yeah, in terms of sustainable growth, I'm I'm great here. My business is incorporated here. Uh, You know, I don't do the Delaware thing, which I thought (laughs) about. Did did
1: we talk about that? Is that why you gestured at me thusly?
0: No, did you? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Have we, we talked about we that? Yes. About
1: this. So, yes, hey, we about
0: this. my corporation yes. is
1: incorporated yes. in Delaware, which yes. is cool and also right. a huge pain in the ass.
0: That, that's the thing. Like, I am. I am such a proponent for. Yeah. Convenience. Like, I will pay so much more for convenience. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I'm registered here. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to get like a PO box, random. Have someone have to like check my mail and like. Like, no. Right. Just not going to do that. I'm well, not... It's, it's actually... I'm just not organized enough for that. Okay, sure. Well, so
1: what it is, it's, it's... They're called... So it's a registered agent. So I use a registered agent mm-hmm. in Delaware, which yes. I think... However, I'm like, I don't know how many thousands of people probably registered at the same location.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and I use a different mailing address. So technically, the mailing address, which is also why banking was a little bit of a problem in the beginning, because... My company is registered in Delaware, but the address to which the mail is sent is registered in, technically, it's where I live in Salem. Yeah. So mail gets sent to me. Occasionally, mail will be sent to the registered agent, but they just scan it, and they'll email it to me. So, but, but it's who very infrequently. Like,
0: so, your registered agent?
1: I'll have to look it up online. Like, is it just
0: a friend, or is it No, it's not. Like it, a thing, it's an like actual a thing.
1: thing. Well, because Delaware is very tax-friendly, right. mm-hmm. that's why a lot of corporations, right. even like the ones, so the, the old startup I used to work for... They were registered in Delaware, yeah, a lot. and they, Most yeah, exactly, uh, because we live in Massachusetts.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: people skirt around there. So it's it's Delaware and Nevada are the two like hotbeds where you get a lot a break on your taxes. Although technically, if you live in Florida, they have no income personal income tax. I think it's a little different though, with the way Delaware is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's so I, the company's registered there, which means I pay. Taxes on my corporation in there, and there's a yearly fee I have to pay. It's like I think for this, I maybe spend $300 at the most a year mm. to have a company in Massachusetts, or not sorry, a company in Delaware, which then saves me ultimately on taxes and other things.
0: Yeah, either the whole tax question I haven't really faced yet because I operated at such a loss when I founded the business, obviously. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, for last tax year, so. It was like a total non-issue. It yeah. um, actually helped me. This year, we'll see. You know, I the way I've been running the business, I haven't been. Yeah, I, I haven't. It's not the time to garner profits at all. Right. So it's more been investment. So I don't I don't foresee the taxes being a thing too penalizing sure. at this point, just because I'm not making yeah that much money yet. You know. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. And yeah, if that change if that changes. You know, I think you can re- like with relative ease. I don't think it's I don't think it's impossible to change the registration. Oh
1: no, it's 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 a very easy thing to do.
0: Yeah. So I, yeah. I just figured like with all the stuff that I'm doing, that benefit. Yeah. Didn't didn't match the uh, cost and inconvenience. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So. Yeah.
1: Cool. Okay, so let's see here. I'm going to pull up, so we're going to go to questions from people, and while I'm doing that, and slowly opening my phone, I'm curious on, so, as part of this live conversation, Mm -hmm. I agreed to buy Rachel whatever wine she asked for, although I was technically wrong on that because I forgot.
0: What? No, this is, uh, perfect.
1: I know, but I mean, I I had pre-purchased some wine and I forgot to bring it with me.
0: Oh, you, oh,
1: I see. So that's okay. So, but I'm curious on why why rosé mm-hmm. and why you actually asked for the the Provence region. I don't, I don't know if that's well, yeah, but Provence. that's just me
0: being obnoxious. No, okay. this is from the Rhone, which is also fantastic. I love the Rhone okay. Valley, like good second choice. Yeah. No, I just um, when it, so just in case this airs at a completely in a completely different season, it's <laughs> it's a beautiful summer evening, and I'm a seasonal drinker. So as soon as it's warm out, I'm like, bring me rosé stat. Um, I don't like full-bodied, heavy rosés, which okay. also tend to correlate with a darker color of rosé, right? So just a little bit more of the tannin from the grapes. Don't love that. Um, I I love the idea of just having like an easy drinking rosé. It, that's refreshing. It reminds me of being in the south of France. It reminds me of being in like on a Greek island. Like any of that, yeah. I am so jazzed about. Um, and so that's why. I specify the light-colored rosé. Okay. I
2: It doesn't that have part. to be from Provence. Okay.
0: But it just so happens <laughs> just that most so of the, you know, provence whatever, yeah. rosés are fantastic. Oh, perfect.
1: So I just, ha- so the story behind this one is I, I actually forgot to bring it with me, but I happen to be in this, yeah, in this four, <laughs> in this area where we're at. I came across a couple of liquor stores and I walked in and was like, oh yeah, she said she wanted oh French rosé and is so the light one. I'm like great, so I no, chose the. It uh, was awesome.
0: Yeah, so it's from the Rhone Valley. Yeah. It's called Gris de Gris, which means gray of gray. It's not gray probably, <laughs> at all. It's
1: the like label technically good. is gray. But, you
0: know, so yeah. there
1: were there were two uh, bottles to choose from, and I chose that one because I liked the, the title of it and the Dune? label. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Dune School. That's, yeah. that's definitely cool. I mean, it's the name of a great restaurant in Nantucket. Yeah, that we just ate at this weekend. Yeah, fantastic.
1: I've never fantastic been to Nantucket. You have to
0: go. Yeah, it's great. Whoa, it's awesome.
1: I've always wanted. I actually, I, I haven't, haven't well. been to the Cape yet either. I'm bad. Uh, yeah, Cape is amazing. I'm, too. I'm a terrible Massachusetts resident. Yeah,
0: you gotta, you gotta get
1: there. I've been north though, so for the first time. Ooh. So here's a good question for you. So before we get into this. Um, I ran my first Tough Mudder a month ago, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. Um, the running part, so like the running, we did. I did a full Tough Mudder because I can't say no to my coworkers apparently. But it's like the running part was 10.6 miles, and then you have like 22 sitting obstacles in between. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Okay. I hate running.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: But it was trail running, mm-hmm. which actually was really. So Different. my knees are dodgy sometimes felt awesome running like trail running super super comfortable on my on my legs and I actually was not as tired as I thought I was going to be but anyway so we're standing in line it's pouring rain to like start this run I'm like of course it is I'm already wet so it's no big deal on this one it does uh, but so like the guy like they, they get you pumped up beforehand before this adventure race and the guy like walks around and looks at you and he's like when was the last time you did something for the first time and I was like that's a great question. So, okay, I'm doing this for the first oh, I know. time. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry, that and I'm going to ask you that question, because I've done that a couple times. So, yeah, I did that, yeah. like, like last, two weekends ago, yeah. I rode around Cape Ann. I did a 21, well, 20.6 mile row called the Blackburn Challenge. Okay. And so, now I've been, like, some kind of, since that moment, I've mm-hmm. been looking at random things I do and go, yeah. yeah, when was the last time I did something for the first time? Interesting. And for me, recently, they have been... Athletic events. Yeah, great. So for you,
0: huh.
1: when was the last time you did something for the first time? All right. So today, not included.
0: Uh, okay. So, well, I think the one that stands out for me, so we went to, uh, my fiance, Max, and I went to Nantucket because he grew up on Nantucket and he has friends there and we love going in the summer in particular. And we went and uh, because we hang out with all the locals, yeah, they know the island so well, like the back of their hand. It's amazing. And... the recent activity that they've really been into this summer is um, disc golf yeah
1: yes I'm very familiar with disc golf are you? okay so I laugh at that because
0: okay yeah that's interesting Um, (laughs) I would not have had that reaction
1: well (laughs) it's because when I lived in Indiana like five years ago there were I happened to just meet a few people who were hardcore into disc golf Mm -hmm. like they had like a backpack full of all these wait by disc golf, same as, is that the same as frisbee yes, golf? Yeah, but, okay. but,
0: the, it's but not, you don't throw a frisbee. Right, right. You they're throw like, a very specific disc.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So they were hardcore into this, and yes. I actually went on a couple oh God, totally. with some friends of mine like, to these specific golf, well, disc golf go- courses, Yeah. and I was dreadful because I was like, just give me a frisbee. Let me just throw this. Like, I just yeah. brought one from home, right. Right. which was oh, ridiculous, yes. absolutely yeah, ridiculous. It's not going to
0: help you out at all.
1: Uh, but they were hardcore into it. Um, so please tell me about. So I, that's why I laugh because I, I am picturing like these guys who were again super athletic, yeah. super into this. I took it very seriously, and I was like,
0: blah blah, yeah, hippies, Frisbee's what are you throwing? Yeah, exactly, I ultimate know.
1: frisbee guys, like what's the oh deal? My God. So
0: <laughs> yes, well, a similar experience for me, except you know I. Um, when we visit Nantucket, we stay with this one guy in particular who is, he's like not, a, he's like a phenom. He's just yeah. athletically can do literally anything. And his brother's the same. And so we went with them. And if they're like, oh, this interesting game, it's so fun. Yeah. We love it. I'm like, okay, so you guys are obsessed and you're champions. Like yeah. That's just right. the only, that's just how it is. <laughs> sure. So going into it, I was like, this is going to be serious. You know, and I, as we were going into it, I was like, so if, because I know how golf works. Yeah. And I'm like, if I'm lagging, does the rest of the crew get pissed? Or, like, is that, like, and he's, you know, they were like, no, it's, like, totally chill. We go as a group. It's fine. We're here to hang out in the woods, right? Which I actually think that that mindset's wonderful, right? Because at the end of the day, if you can go and do an athletic, like, at least somewhat athletic pastime, and you're just kind of in the woods with your feet on the earth, like, that's an amazing time spent right we were lucky because the weather was also not great like it wasn't sunny it definitely wasn't a beach day okay um and uh so yeah we went it took us like three and a half hours to go through the whole course
1: 18 24 18 yeah
0: um what'd you score uh oh, god i don't really did, i don't did, know if that's like a great question <laughs> to ask did, right now like it's not, not good excellent okay plus it's, a number right is what i'll just leave that at <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was not a happy face.
0: Yeah, okay. no, listen, I don't love losing, but sure. but at the same time I was proud of myself for just having a good time. But yeah, so that was the first time. Wait, how, so how was your frisbee
1: or your disc arm anyway? Like in general, did you could before it's this fine. and bent. You you're like I'm competent. It's accurate. It's okay. Accurate. Okay. It's accurate.
0: It's accurate. I don't get a lot of distance. Okay. Right? So if you're doing a par 4, yeah. You have four tries to get Right? The disc in the situation net. And um, yeah, is i it actually was plus called one s- almost every single time.
1: Is it actually called the situation yep. net? Okay. <laughs> That'd be awesome I everywhere. have lots of situations. Yeah. This situation, <laughs> situation net. This situation yes. net. Uh, yeah. So, how was your putting? My putting skills were dreadful.
0: Um, hmm. Well, better than I thought. Okay. Um, the, the one thing that I loved about this game is that you really improve quickly. Right. Um, So by the end of the game, like I did, I did have longer throws, and I did have a little more confidence in the putting. And then the day after that, we went to the beach, and because this one, like this guy, I swear, brings one of those net situations to the beach. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. So. He's serious. Yeah. No, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I. um, That's funny. Just for the record, when you just said that, serious Siri just popped up on your phone. She's like, yes, Yuri.
1: Yes, I thought so. Thank no. you, Siri. That's awesome. Um,
0: but but yeah, I practiced my putting at the beach, and actually, uh, I'm a much better putter than I thought I was. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. no. So that. But that was the last time that I did something for the first time.
1: Okay, which is great. Mm-hmm. Excellent.
0: It's a great question, though, right? Because how many? Like, if you think about it, how? I, I think actually, to be honest, I with this new business, like I do something for the first time a lot right right like this morning I had a call with an accelerator program which is
1: oh do you want to talk about that or no well it's just it v-
0: it's very interesting I do kind of okay. want to talk about it because I think it's an interesting it's an we, interesting goal to have will right you say
1: which accelerator or do you not want to talk about that
0: um part? I think I'll just leave that okay quiet just for so now an just accelerator still in
1: in process. Massachusetts
0: no in Berlin okay Yep. All right. So, well, the reason, uh, and I don't know if this will give it away, but the reason that I was interested in this, it was through Innovation Women, um, that I, that even popped up on my radar at all. And, um, it's hospitality focused, right? So a lot of the work that I do now is in industries all over the place, but, but how I started was coaching restaurants, industry employees and hospitality, um, employees and, so they have this accelerator program that's specifically for digitizing the hospitality services and, and, oh, wow. and allowing yeah. hospit or helping hospitality as an industry to be competitive through digitization and tech. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned before, I think videos are a big component of where I would like to go. Yeah. Um, and the platform for these videos would be an app.
2: Okay. Right? Yes.
0: So I do have this, this great vision um, that you know, in terms of coming to fruition, really just needs an engineer, right? And sure. some funding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, you know, oh, that's so interesting. Like this is completely something that is in the works for me or in the plans. And so I applied, and they reached out, and they're like, we'd like to schedule an interview. And I'm like, that's great. That's great. This <laughs> so, interview with them. Yeah. I don't know anything about accelerators, right? Sure. Uh, but it's it's also partnered with TechStars, so. So I had this interview with them this morning, which was just interesting because, yeah, it was definitely a first-time thing. I went into it, again, I think it's important or at least helpful for me if you're going into a situation or a meeting or a conversation or a project to at least know your goal Mm -hmm. so that if, if all else fails... Like, you can achieve your personal goal, right? So my personal goal for this was not something that was beyond my control. Like, I want them to offer me a position. Like, that's not in my control. What is in, in my control is, like, how I weave the conversation. And, and I wanted to know more about them. I wanted to know if my idea was interesting to them. And if at some point in the future, like, if the timing works out, like, this could be a good fit, right? Yeah. Um, because I don't think that I'm really ready for an accelerator. I don't have a pilot design or a prototype or anything. And I think that to take the fullest advantage of an accelerated program, you want to at least have a technical team in place and like some kind of idea of a prototype. Yeah, potentially. Right? Yeah, I mean, it could be different, but if it's going to be in Berlin, like I'm not going to just traipse all the way over to Berlin and be like, hello, I have this great idea and I have clients.
1: Yes. That's very true. So...
0: So, but it was just an interesting first time conversation. It went very well. Okay. Well, good. But, but yeah.
1: Does the accelerator, so I say this given the fact that I, I run our accelerator partnerships. Mm-hmm. So I have lots of experience with them. Do they take, does this one take equity or charge you anything? Equity. It takes equity. Yeah. It was
0: like uh, between, it was like 6%. 6% equity.
1: That's not terrible. It's not
0: terrible. But what do
1: like. you what do you get, or what's their promise in in return, other than, I'm yes. guessing a physical space?
0: Uh, yeah, you get a physical space. You get funding.
1: So they 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 give you how much money do they
0: give you? 120 pound like pounds it's European so like. Oh. Or I guess it's not. Pounds, or
1: no, that'd be euros. Uh, euros.
0: Sorry, yes, cause the, UK.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> the Germans are on the euro. Okay.
0: Yeah, so it's like 120. Thousand? uh, Yeah, 120,000 euros and funding. They give you a space to work in. They give you access to their network um, and No, it's like a great deal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, man, (laughs) it's like four months from now, so I'm like... Oh, that's a lot. What up, engineers? Yeah. Let's get started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, We left it open. We'll see. Okay. But, um, well,
1: because you uh, could technically, yeah. I mean, you can outsource and hire engineers. Yep. I mean, you mm-hmm. could from India, uh, on Upwork or something like that very, very cheaply.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. I guess yeah. it just depends on, although with something like this, if you're going to move into a space where you want... To make your company more, let's say, tech friendly, you should have like a CTO. So you should have somebody uh,
0: I think, yeah, on the ground who can yeah, do that. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's most likely not going to happen this time around. Sure. Uh, also, because I don't know that I can move to Berlin for three months. Right. Just like that. Um, oh, three months. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I think absolutely in the future, but maybe not right now, just sure. because I'm also, you know, I am trying to make other things happen. Yeah. Um. My timeline is like two years to kind of play around with not having it be my main thing. And yeah.
1: Now that makes sense. You to know, get a lot of things in line. Yeah. In line first. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, an an accelerator. To, I think to show up to an accelerator program and succeed, you have to have the ability to sustain the acceleration, right? Like, if you're a car and you're like, let's get this, like, acceleration going, but, like, all the knobs are loose, like, it's not going to be a good thing. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I, and I'm not
0: saying that all my no- knobs are loose, I'm just saying that, like, right now I probably have, like, a trunk. Sure. And the frame. Yeah. But yeah, yeah.
1: You're, you're building up the... I mean, it, that's actually a, a very mature answer, to know that maybe you're not ready for this. There's a, And I say this because there's a lot of startups that I spend time with at MassChallenge Challenge who right. should have thought about it a little bit yes. longer because now yeah. they're in this location right. and you're like I'm like, sorry, you're not yeah. you have an interesting idea. Right. And I'm right. glad that you like going through this but you're not gonna get past the idea stage right. because you're either your team isn't ready or you're not ready or there's just so mm-hmm. much extra work you need to do.
2: Yeah. That
1: it's just yeah. it's not gonna happen right now. It just works out that MassChallenge Challenge doesn't charge anything. So if you get through the first initial rounds then you kind of get you know you can get a pass like last year there were way too many sock companies at mass challenge stop it. yes ridiculous. in fact i could say sock companies plural
2: right
1: was already like you can stop right. at one there were like right. five one was wow. awesome like the, mm-hmm. there was one that was absolutely fantastic and he is actually he's actually doing really good um i wish i could maybe th- i forget his i i forget the company but um he has autism and he was creating socks Um, That helps support autism causes and and, and works with the Autism Foundation. Um, John's Crazy Socks, I think, what it is, and like it was like him and his dad. The story was like spot on. He was an amazing, like, charismatic person, and his company is like, is like, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of socks. Awesome. I actually I need to sign up. Like he has like this monthly. Oh, I love
0: socks. Yeah. So maybe I'll check that out. Yeah,
1: you should check it out. I love socks. It's a great cause. Great socks. Like the like what you really need. Awesome story. Yeah. Awesome ice, product. Ice. Yeah. And then like next to him is like this hippie dude is like, well these socks are like softer. And I'm like, so. Right. Yeah. Why would I want to like why would I spend double the money for right. a softer pair of socks?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, And it's interesting just even for added context on why I would be looking at an accelerator program for this business because this business at the moment is me yeah. right and and I'm so fully aware of that that um, until I get to the point where I have proven my value so much that next step of like taking it away from um, just me as a physical person in a space in front of people yeah um, you know, it isn't quite. It's not going to be as poignant as, um, you know, the argument of there is only one of me, and everyone wants this. Right. And and that's when the tech right kind of solution comes into play. I guess so that's why I think it's down the road. Yeah. Um, I think right now I'm so I'm still personally and professionally focusing on the business development. To. Solidify that value. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I believe in it and I know it's there. But you know, if I'm if I'm gonna take three months to again like go to Berlin and do this thing, like I <laughs> I just have to have huh. a li- just a little bit more content, I think. Like also because it's gonna be a video based app, and it's going sure. to be like in an ideal world, not just me, but potentially other dancers, right? That I can
1: yeah, what well, I was gonna say have you, have you thought about franchising yourself or your technique because there are yeah. um, there are lots of dancers
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. in I, the
1: world who could use additional right. help
0: I don't know if uh, the franchise model is is what the, the way model? I would go sure. uh, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to it per se I think it could be great I think that um, without a doubt. I have an interest in having dancers trained in this vocabulary and this vernacular and Mm -hmm. this method um, so that they can be articulate in the business world and also leverage their incredibly unique skills like that I think is like an alternate career path or an alternate like side hustle right like because if I create it people can have it as a side hustle right? yeah I, I wouldn't describe it at this point as a side hustle for myself because it's become so much more than that but sure. it could very easily be a side hustle for anyone else just like you know teaching bar classes or teaching Pilates classes could yeah. be considered a side hustle on the yeah. like, soul cycle better, you can be
1: right? the next soul cycle minus the cult like status
0: yeah I mean it's yeah it's also just gonna be better yeah. it's like you know in the workplace affecting your relationships and bottom line you know. exactly
1: totally ooh or i wonder if there is a virtual reality experience
0: yeah definitely i've thought about that too. for what you've
1: done because that almost seems an ideal experience for your company someone that somebody right where they are putting on some vr vr goggles and experiencing yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah totally i mean that would be absolutely i think that's something yeah. that would be interesting to look at you know i think Augmented reality could also be like yeah. really interesting. Although I suppose VR would be better because you can actually just kind of immerse yourself in it. You don't have to like hold anything to create shapes in front of you. But
1: That's true. Well, uh, or you could so you could use it so in the like in the construction space there are a number of startups we're working with that are there are projecting videos and other it's like random images on a wall. You could in effect do something similar where you are projected. Mm-hmm. Um, three-dimensionally like, like three-dimensionally on a wall somewhere right. so people are you know kind of right. like in Star Wars
2: mm-hmm. like
1: that technology right. exists yeah, 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 they yeah, could three-dimensionally yeah. project you and you could chat with the right. audience in a similar kind of way and they could see see your mannerisms see how you're describing right. things and then and then you'll just be whatever in a studio somewhere all possible no
0: totally
1: yeah totally yeah
0: I am not thinking small on this sure like, that would be sick. 100%. I do not know any, like, VR engineers and whatever, but... I know, do. We'll talk about after. that <laughs> offline. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's get that. No, I actually totally do Okay.
1: Totally. Perfect. Okay, let's do... Let's see where we're right now. Okay. This is going well. Let's do questions from random peoples. So... Uh first one, website design. So when you did your website, mm-hmm. so I guess so platform wise, so did you are you using like Wix versus Squarespace, Squarespace versus WordPress, okay? Why did you choose Squarespace? Uh
0: because I like the aesthetic uh okay. more so than some of the other templates I've seen. Yeah. It's the difference between like Vistaprint and Moo? Yes, personally, my opinion. Um I I think, you know, I will say the functionality of Squarespace is less flexible, mm-hmm. which is at times very annoying, but, um, I, you know, it, to me aesthetic is very important, that's unsurprising, it's Dancer, so that's why I chose Squarespace. I house all of my um, domains through Google, through G Suite. Oh, okay. So I use Squarespace strictly as a um, hosting. Right platform as opposed to the like registration and ownership of the...
1: Right, of the actual space. Yeah. Now, is that... Why did you choose G Suite versus GoDaddy? Uh,
0: because I wanted to be as... I wanted to have as much of a conglomerate situation as possible. I didn't want disparate things all over the place. I okay. already used Gmail. Yep. I um, have used it historically, and I was going to be using it moving forwards, and I, I didn't want to have to merge in other things. Like, okay. I, again, like, I will pay for convenience. I like minimal logistics. I am not organized enough to keep tabs on, like, all of these different things. Okay. So, um, my, all of my domains from when I had my food blog, mm-hmm. I have moved all of those over to, uh, my G Suite account and they're all connected and forwarded to my Squarespace accounts. Either my, Oh, sure. uh, personal Squarespace account, Yep. which one point, or my professional, for business. business, yeah, excellent.
1: Do you take so? Do you are people able to purchase things through your websites right now not or yet. Is, not yet? Okay, is that once, something you're...
0: yeah? Once the app okay. is running and it will be a subscription based model. Model. Yeah. Uh, I guess it doesn't really make sense for them to have to go through the website to buy the subscription, but they'll download the app and other way. kind of go that go okay. through it that way. Yeah, I did consider having like a video-based uh, page on my website where it was like pay-per-view.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, maybe I'll do that. I, I don't think that's likely.
1: Sure. There's a lot of sites that do that these days.
0: I do. I heard that.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're usually geared toward, say, a different demographic of people. Right. right. But it exists. It's very possible. Have you thought... So have you... This is not on, on here... Um, I'm only saying this because I recently have set up a patreon account have you looked at patreon what are your thoughts on patreon
0: I ha so I'm familiar with patreon I haven't dealt I haven't looked at it deeply at yeah. all I know that uh, it works very well for some people I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ed Lattimore, but I know that he I don't know. like really really likes his patreon yeah um, account so he's like a, a boxer uh, and also like a physicist he's like wow he's pretty cool that's a
1: pretty yeah. cool mix. He's I'll check him out cool. now. He's super cool. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, he uses his Patreon, and um, he loves it. I have not looked into it for myself. Oh, okay. I, I do my blog directly through. Right. On, on my website. On your website. like a separate page. Yep, which works really well. Um, I use MailChimp to blast out my newsletters, which come out bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. But I also just heard or found out that um, Squarespace has a MailChimp, or not, sorry, not MailChimp, but newsletter. Blast!
2: Oh, does Blast, it really? You no, know?
0: yeah. Oh. I haven't tried it out yet. I'll try it for the next one. Good for them. Could be pretty cool.
1: Yeah. it could be cool.
0: But they're probably going to charge for it. Which is really cool.
1: They totally will. So I use, for, for the past, so for the past, my bottle water company used Shopify. Yep. Um, which I think is now being bought out by some large. Oh, is it? Walmart. Know. Walmart, actually. Yeah. In, well, if not, Walmart is is trying to buy them out because they're a Canadian company. Um, and I got involved in them in the early days, and I almost won the Build a Business contest.
2: What? That's um, so cool. I
1: was a I was a a finalist, but I was disqualified because technically my company had been around for longer than a year. But I totally would have won. And I should have gone to Necker Island. That's what that's what the, that's what the the winner was. Like you like you. I was in the top twenty. Wow. Of the build, Shopify Build-A-Bills contest in 2014, and so I should have gone to Necker Island being the only bottled water company in it, and it it uh, it helped that I had gotten a lot of press, which boosted my right. sales like crazy. Right. But yeah, they were like, I'm sorry, you've been around for more than a year. Oh, well, that's annoying.
0: So well, is that just because they took too long?
1: been disqualified. Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I feel like they should have just let it anyway. Like the other companies were not that interesting anyway. Also, I wanted to go to Necker Island for free. It was yeah. the Tim Ferriss was running it, so it was like so it was like hang oh, out with Richard Branson cool. and Tim oh, Ferriss and okay. other people. You
0: would have totally been so good at that. Yeah,
1: that would have been awesome. That's mine. Nice. Okay, so here we go. First question, um, from online. I was wondering, which is the best practical and implementable piece of advice you would give to an artist? Who wants to create more freedom in life and business? Something you wish someone would have told you at the very start of your creative career slash life. That's a mouthful. I know, it um, definitely is a mouthful.
0: But a great question. Yes. I think there's a lot of components in, in that. Um, kind of breaking breaking it apart. You know, I think it depends on what your your art is and whether your art allows you flexibility. Mm-hmm. As a dancer, there is not very much flexibility. Um. That being said, because of the advent of, of tech and our ability to kind of create things on the side and have them working for us when we're not there, there is, you, you can almost, you can do a whole variety of things depending sure. on your interests. Um, if you have an art form that, you know, that in which you determine your hours or you determine your output... I think that artists tend to have a very entrepreneurial spirit and mindset and creativity and I think that all artists should think of themselves as their own brand, as their own business and capitalize on that. Um, I think that corporations are looking for that. I think it's hard for corporations to really inspire and promote that because at the end of the day they're trying to make a machine run. Um, that being said, if you can be a free agent and, and kind of you know, dip in and dip out and consult and and whatever like that that model is becoming a little more popular um, one thing that I wish maybe I had known I feel like we talked about this last time and I think I said like I think we did I like I wish that or no, I don't wish I don't like that word wish I yeah. think that it's helpful to keep in mind that you know what other people are what other people think
2: mm-hmm.
0: doesn't really matter First of all, because they're probably not spending the time to analyze your every move. And second of all, and I think this goes back to what I said earlier about going into any interaction with a goal or a purpose for yourself, if you, if you don't stay true to that because you're worried that someone's going to think poorly of you, yeah. you're going to be upset afterwards.
1: Right. So here's another question. Um, so... When you're working on your own project, so clearly you don't have, let's say, like a set set of schedule, Mm. a set schedule. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How do you keep yourself accountable Mm -hmm. and on track?
0: That's great. So uh, before I, so when I first retired, I spent six months, you know, exploring and traveling and um, keeping my own schedule. Uh, And and that was a big challenge when I really did not have any kind of uh, more full-time external markers, which I do have now. Um and what I would do was like every Sunday I would look at my calendar and I used Google Calendar religiously and I would make sure that I actually blocked time for every task in the day. So it was less uh free time for three hours and then a lunch meeting. Okay. Right? So it was like I wake up and then forty five minutes was you know, reading the newspapers, getting caught up on current events. And then the next forty-five minutes was, um, you know, tweaking the website. And then I had a lunch meeting. And then I would have a workout. And then I would do business development and reach out to like ten people that I think would be a good fit. But like that was accountable in my calendar. Yeah. Um, I still actually exercise that to a certain extent. You know, whether I'm at NEC or um, during my free time, I, I tend to. Use my calendar almost as like a, re- a reminder alarm system just because I'm a visual person, sure. right? So I, I like to see the things that I have to do, even if it, it's not like a set meeting with someone else, it's a set meeting with myself, essentially. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah,
1: that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so do you? So I know we talked about your, you're, I guess, like a solopreneur
2: mm-hmm.
1: in your own company right now. Are there any tasks that you delegate or? Are working to delegate to make your life easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, editing.
1: Editing. So like, like your blog yep. work. Okay. So you delegate that to someone else. Uh, yeah. Or to a system.
0: I delegate that to someone else.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, just because I need another set of eyes.
1: Sure. And how did you find that person?
0: I edit for them.
1: Oh, perfect. So it's like <laughs> so a it's quid pro quo mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, I edit for them, and they edit for me, and it, it works out perfectly we ha we deal with two completely different subject matters uh, and it's it's I think very helpful um, you know you get you once you've written something, you start to kind of fill in what you expect it should look like and and then that disallows you to see certain errors or mistakes in logic right because you know what you mean, yeah. Um, so I, I do that for editing. The other thing that I have started, so I, I definitely outsourced my, the design of my logo uh, because I am not a designer and mm-hmm. I tried to kind of create my own thing and it looked completely juvenile and ridiculous. So I outsourced that to a design student. Uh, I think if you can uh, leverage talent and training, It's not always going to be the most successful thing, but every now and then, you know, you can be lucky and you can find something very good uh, for not very much money. Okay. Oh, good.
1: Okay, here's another question. Uh, Product launches and launches in general. So I know you officially launched your your company. Yeah. How did you approach that? And and also, how do you approach your social media Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and not be overwhelmed by it?
0: Right. So that's kind of a, let's see, that's a tricky question for me. I, I never had a big official launch. I actually had clients that were interested before I even founded the LLC. I founded the LLC and at that point I was able to actually take on these clients legally. Um, and because I have a network of people who are interested as prospective clients, I didn't have to promote any kind of official launch of the business as in, like, an, we are open for business. Like, mm-hmm. that that was just not relevant for me. Okay. That being said, uh, when I did officially launch my website, like, that was promoted through all of my social media channels, including my personal ones. I've been trying to be a little better about uh, separating my personal social media from my professional business social media. Um, when I was doing a lot of my food writing, it was one and the same, right? right? Uh, whereas now... I I really do want uh, my role in choreography for business to be the founder, of the visionary, but not the business. Right? Again, that's why like kind of the, these tech solutions are interesting to me. Um, okay. Social media and managing it in general. I think there I feel like there are two different ways you can approach this. You can either do, set up all of your channels all at once and start kind of promoting simultaneously through all the channels. I usually adopt that approach for for choreography for business. I have not done that. I I set up my website first. I set up my email afterwards. I have been using my Instagram and Twitter accounts sporadically. Um, Yeah. Yep. And I actually just recently set up a Facebook account. Oh. So it really has been piecemeal only because most of my promotion and marketing has been word of mouth like i haven't the only inbound requests i have received have been from people that i know already okay and who are just using my um you know social media feelers as an avenue to get to me mm-hmm. it's not like they don't know me and they're like oh this is so interesting it yeah. just hasn't gotten there yet
1: okay all right so Last question then with this, um, which is kind of like a two-part question. Mm-hmm. So what do you do on those times where you feel stuck?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then also I know that – so now you've you you know you've spent a, a big chunk of your career as a professional dancer, and that is not what you're doing anymore. Yep. What do you like, – so do you miss it? And what do you do to have a creative outlet – nowadays
0: yeah so I didn't start missing dancing or ballet until about mm, like nine months yeah nine months after I retired after, okay and then I was like oh I would like to do something more than ride a bike yeah physically right like I, I need to feel movement in a more holistic sense uh, I was very fortunate that around that time an opportunity came up to actually dance in a piece um, that a friend of mine who I used to dance with the Boston Ballet choreographed and it was this amazing amazing experience it's awesome um, so I do miss it I will say that this amazing interesting almost surprising thing that I found in my business is that anytime I leave a session or a workshop or a program, I feel like I'm performing Mm -hmm. and I get that same high Mm, and that same almost level of exhaustion, you know, where you're like, I just like led a group of 50 people through this program and I was so engaged and I was so, I, you know, there's so much energy that's interplaying between people when you're leading a session like that. Um, especially when there are all these physical components, right? That you're trying to activate in people Mm -hmm. that have been dormant for a really long time. And so that outlet for me is, Unbelievable, mm-hmm. and it's surprising, and I love it, and I think that that's part of what makes this business so interesting to me. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. And then, so, what about times when you feel stuck, or do? Oh, times when I feel stuck. So I know I like to ask two-part yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To you yeah. So off. the
0: first part. Of yeah, the, the first part, part was okay. So that me. was
1: creative outlet. Times yeah. do you feel stuck.
0: Times I feel stuck. So again, I think the benefit to having something else to spend your time on, mm-hmm. when, when you're able to take a bit of a step away from something, sometimes your subconscious will continue to work in these interesting ways and then you come back to it and, and you have drawn something in from this other part of your life, that ends up being helpful. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how that works, I don't think it's an equation per se, but I, th- I think that the time that I spend at NEC working with you know musicians and working with donors and working with my colleagues, still active time for my business, it's yeah. just not, uh, my head's no, no longer in those weeds. Okay. So, so to me, the, the system that I have right now is so beneficial for both sides of the fence, right? Like I, I can bring aspects of my business into my day job and I can bring aspects of my day, day job into my business. Um, so when I feel stuck, I'm just fortunate that I have a different outlet, yeah. um, for creativity and the feelings of external validation that if I didn't if I didn't have this kind of split between my time, that, that would definitely be more difficult. And I I'm sure I would figure something out, um, but I right now that, that's my method. Yeah. Okay. Well awesome.
1: Well Rachel, so it's we're a little past an hour. Thank you so much. Really?
0: That's yeah, crazy. I know. Oh my goodness.
1: Been sitting out here enjoying this fine wine and beautiful weather. So thank you so much. Yeah. Do you have any closing I don't have any brilliant questions to ask anymore. Do you have any closing thoughts or anything else you want to say?
0: No, I mean, thank you. Congratulations to you. I think this is a huge... It's not easy to <laughs> run a podcast Just like this. this 100 for episodes, yeah. that's commendable. So, I mean, it's an well, honor you. for me to be here, and I uh, want to thank all the listeners for you know making it worth your while.
1: Why, thank you so much. And then, uh, so remind the listeners again, the best way to find...
0: Yeah, so uh, www.choreographyforbusiness.com. I'm at Choreography for Business on Facebook now, which is the new deal.
2: Perfect.
0: Um, it's all linked and interchanged, so you can do whichever one you want. Personally, uh, at Rachel on Point with an E at the end. Right. And those are the deals.
1: Awesome. And I will, as usual, we'll put those in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so thank you again, listeners, for tuning in to the 100th episode of the advance your hour podcast and i so i really appreciate your listening and and uh and replying so uh if you get anything positive out of this episode or negative either way reach out <laughs> le- let me know um if you're in the boston area and you want to meet rachel and i for for a drink also let me know because i just volunteer here for that yeah, I'm so, down
2: for that yeah. so many good drinks we <laughs> in this city
1: There is. So let us know, uh, Yuri at AdvanceYourArt.com or you can just reply to this as well. Uh, So thank you very much and Judy, turn this off and go to bed. Thank you so much. (laughs) Good night. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art podcast.